three friends. One mystery topic, no holds barred conversation. Welcome to Brotherhood of Banter, season three. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to Brotherhood of Banter. We are now on season three, episode two, but technically it's actually episode one of our mystery topic. My name is Edgar. And I'm Diego. This is Lewis. What's up, gentlemen? How are we doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited to see how you're going to blow our minds with this mystery topic. All I know is my topic is going to outdo your topics. And that's it. <laughs> hey, Lewis, I'll bet you five bucks that Edgar's topic has to do with sex. Always has to do with that. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, he just Especially lost five bucks because it doesn't. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, money. <laughs> if you guys remember last time, Diego explained that, you know, we're going to be doing 11 episodes total. Our first one we did last week, and then we're going to do three episodes each. And on our last episode, we all drew straws. I don't know if you consider me the winner or the loser, but <laughs> I have to go first. And then Diego goes next. Lewis goes after that. And then I start all over again. So today we got our mystery topic. Are you guys ready for what it is? Hell yeah. Cue that uh, rum roll uh, special effect, please. Let's get into today's mystery topic. So if I remember correctly, we had already put this on the list back on season one and we didn't get to cover it. So we're going to be doing leader and follower. So like I said, I'm going to leave the juicy stuff for my third round. So today mm -hmm. okay. is going to be the question of, are you a leader or a follower? Mm. So when it comes to leadership, it's the art of persuasion, the act of motivating people to do more than they ever thought possible in pursuit of a greater good. It has nothing to do with your title. It has nothing to do with authority. When it comes to being a follower, anyone can become one, even while you're holding a leadership position. If you're someone that gives full loyalty and support to another, then you're considered a follower. So what do you guys think you guys are before we get into the actual pinpoints of the, of the topic? Hmm, this is, um, this is good. Let's see. I would say, I don't know if it's possible to be both because I, I would define myself as both. Uh, like a leader when I want to be or a follower, so I don't have to deal with shit. You know, just do whatever they say. <laughs> um but i i don't know can a follower always be a leader or can a leader always be a follower i i guess it depends so i would if i had to pick one i would i would pick the leader just that okay. i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's necessary to have both i feel like you need to be able to do both when you know the yeah. time is right yeah i agree with that yeah what do you think I, oh i'm sorry lewis go ahead now, I was going to add on that, like on that point is if you're a leader, I guess you can be a follower, but if you're a follower, you know, can you be a leader? If, That's what if... we're going to find out. We're going to find out which one are <laughs> you. You may be both. I mean, you may be more one than the other, but we're going to, we're going to figure this out by the end of the topic. Oh, right. Hmm. Yeah, man, it's really interesting that you, that you, that you come with this topic. First of all, it has nothing to do with sex. Although I guess one could say that you could make it <laughs> sexual, but, uh, I've actually, I've actually been thinking a, a, about something along these lines in the last, like the last couple of months, like since I've been in this new job, because I, I came from, uh, from a company where I had the same title that I have now, but the leadership part of it was like really, really key and instrumental. And like, it was the majority of my uh, role there. And then in the company that I'm at now, the dynamic is a little bit different. It's not the, it's not the same thing. Again, I have the same title and I have a lot of the same responsibilities, but my role within the company is not, I'm like, I'm not as in the spotlight as I was in this other place. So I've been like asking myself that a lot recently, like what, you know, what, what am I things feel so different? Am I, you know, still a leader, even though I'm technically like less, you know, 
almost influential because like, it has to do with the structure of the company. Like this company is like a, you know, it's kind of like a, a machine, like a conveyor belt, like a, an assembly line. And that's a very different structure from how we used to do things in the, in the company that I came from. So, yeah, I, I feel like I am a leader. Yes. There's like my domain that I have influence over, but in a lot of ways, I'm also following a lot of other people's leads. It's also an industry that I'm not very familiar with. Um, so like at work, I've been kind of like, wrestling with that and trying to figure my myself out my role out within that machine so kind of tough in, in that area i think you know in my family life i am a leader creatively i'd like to consider myself a leader you know if i have a creative idea i put it forth i make shit happen so i would say in the majority of aspects yeah uh but i also miss being a follower man that's another thing. So like, because uh, it's easier sometimes just to like let all that go. Uh, no. Although you're right on that point. Like that's something, for example, that like going back to the whole work thing. That's something that I've experienced right now in this in this new company. I, I feel a lot less pressure on me than I did in the other place. And it's not again. It's not like I'm not producing or doing stuff, but it's just a different level of expectation from me for the overall company. And so, so I like that. I like the fact that I've been able to kind of relax and just focus in my, on my domain and that sort of thing. Um, but I, what I was referring to was that I miss having opportunities where I can follow, where I can like learn from an individual and like consider that a person, a leader in some way, a mentor type of role, you know, I feel like I lost that in a great way since years back. And, and I do kind of miss that a little bit. Yeah, because after I did some of the research, because honestly, I had no clue what I was going to do at first. And then, you know, I started going back to some of the old stuff that we had written down. And this was something I always wanted to cover. You know, the first thing that people tend to go to is a title that they hold, you know, at their job. Because they figure, okay, if I'm a boss, then I have to be a leader. I have to be the, the one that tells everybody what to do. But reading more into it, I was learning that it's actually the people that decide whether you're a leader or not, you know, not your job title. Because in our case, we we do have a supervisor, you know, he is our boss. But yeah, like we went back, you know, a few weeks ago, everybody considers, and this is not me telling them or, you know, pushing them to think this way. It's just they always have seen me as the leader ever since I started. So it's crazy. And I don't like to put myself out there like, oh, yeah, look, you know, I'm the one that's running thing. It's just that's the way it turned out. You know, that's how people do it. They're the ones that kind of define if, if you're a leader or not, you know, and how I was saying that it's you're a leader if you are making an impact on people, if you're motivating them, if you're making them better, because that's that's what they, they actually look for, you know, when when they are following you. But I think you do need to have both. You know, I think you need to pick your time as to when you do want to step in to be a leader and when it's better if you just make the decision to be a follower. Yeah. You know, so what I was what I was going through, there's a you know a couple of different questions that they cover. There was like about maybe 13, 15 questions they had. So I brought it down to about five. You know, I chose the ones that I figured we would enjoy the most. So the the first one actually says, Do you go above and beyond? So the way they describe it is followers do their job and that's it. No matter how good they may be at those jobs, it rarely occurs to them to go beyond their basic functions. When it comes to leaders, on the other hand, they see their job description as the bare minimum. So how do you guys feel about that one? Do you guys go above and beyond? Hmm. I wonder if my boss listens to this. I would say, <laughs> I would say I don't at work. I don't at work. Because it's just, you know, it's easier just, hey, this is going on, handle it. Okay, cool. Done. As opposed to, this is going on, let me go figure out how to prevent it from happening. Again, you get me? Mm -hmm. So that would be above and beyond. But in reality, it, it goes from task to task to task. There's no real time to try to... Uh, not reactive, but proactive on what's going on. 
but I do feel like you do go, you know, I mean, at some point you were working from home and I'm guessing, you know, that wasn't, that isn't easy at all, you know, because you're tempted by so many things going on. And so I feel like you did go, you know, like, beyond because like porn, porn and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, those could be two out of some other ones. But, you know, I feel like, I mean, I'm sure there was times when you stayed late or when you did, you helped somebody out more than you really needed to. You know, I'm sure there was times that. Yeah, that there's always scenarios up. like that. Sure. I but you don't so. go around looking for it. No, not necessarily. No. Hmm. Yeah, I, I experienced um, years back. I experienced what it is to kind of like be on all the time when it comes to being pro, being uh, to going the extra mile, and I feel like it left me so burnt out that I had to kind of like reconfigure how I see that, like going the extra mile, putting extra effort. I think that the place where I landed in with that is that I kind of, I try to do it in a strategic way. I feel like if you, if you're constantly, if you're the type of person who is constantly going the extra mile, people get used to that. And that is the standard that they expect from you and they grow numb to it. Right. You know, it goes, it gets to a point where they don't know, they no longer appreciate it. And that's not something that's like, I don't want to live that way. Not at work, not at home. You know, I really don't. And so I, what I do now, I think, is that I find opportunities, scattered opportunities, random opportunities to go in and own something like, you know, a problem or something that needs to be addressed and impress in that one scenario. And then I kind of chill, <laughs> you know, and then I and then and then uh, and then when I see another one of those scenarios kind of come through, then I boom, grab that boom and I impress and then I chill. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, it definitely man. does. Because and and it almost and I really have kind of proven it, and I and I've proven that that it works to keep you and people's minds as like, oh, this person is someone I can count on when shit hits the fan, or if they ever spot a deficiency or or a problem that 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 nobody else spotted, they'll take ownership of it and bring a solution and improve things, or even with my kids. I think that parents who are constantly going at it, teaching kids lessons and correcting and correcting and correcting, it just becomes noise after a while for the kid. You stop, the kid stops listening or like stops computing what the parent is constantly saying. If you instead kind of chill the fuck out as a parent, let your kids live and then find the precise moments, like the wise moments to jump in and, you know, teach a lesson perhaps when they fucked up in some way, perhaps when they are going through some confusion in whatever area, you find those key moments and you kind of make, a, I think, a bigger impact that way. Short answer is no. I don't think that I'm constantly trying to go above and beyond, but it's very deliberate that I'm not, you know, or why I'm not doing it. Yeah, D, so that is a good point, what you were saying, that when you give too much, you know, they tend to get a... Uh custom to that because i've seen mm -hmm. it uh last time when i was in home depot before i ended up you know leaving and then coming back when i was trying to step up it was like okay you know i'll do weekends i'll stay after hours and you know sometimes my days were like maybe 14 16 hours you know i would go to different stores and help out there and then it got to the point where i was like just burnt out i ended up telling you know mm -hmm. my bosses i was like hey look you know i'm sorry but whenever they would ask me I'd be like no you know i'm not going to be able to make it this time and it's like, oh, but we can't count on you. And it was one of those moments where it's like you want to tell them to fuck off, but it's like, bro, you've been counting on me this whole time, and now you're telling me that that you can't count on me. It's a bad habit. You pick up that habit of saying, yeah, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it, and then they don't they don't tend to appreciate it at the end. Yeah, I think honestly, yeah. I think I think it's a smarter way of 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 doing things, man. I don't think anybody should ever get used to somebody or like you know take for granted the, the fact that somebody is is going out of their way or spending extra time or you know putting extra effort to achieve something that's ultimately going to benefit them you know if they've gotten to a point where they grow numb to it i think that's that's not healthy and someone should make sure that you create a pause or a separation to re-establish you know the worth that the person has for for doing what they're doing especially if it's a company you know, it's like the company will be fine, whether you quit, you, you know, you get sick because you're 
working or you hurt yourself, you know, you, you'll be replaced yeah. and the company will just keep going while you're stuck with your, I don't know, I don't know, your broken back or, or whatever, you know, just an example. But the whole point would be if the company will be fine, then I agree with the whole thing with like Diego saying in which, you know, just work on that bit, get it done and then just move on to the next one because it's easier on you and you know, you still get paid either way. Yeah. For me, it was two different scenarios because for instance, Home Depot, you know, they, that company will be fine with or without me, you know, that's not going to make a difference. And we're, we're timed as far as the things that we got to do on a regular basis. You know, we got to service the entire store within a week, you know, everything gets worked on. So I try to do what I can, but go beyond, I would say I don't because I know we're going to have to do it all over again the following week. Mm-hmm. When it came to my dad's business and I ended up pretty much being the only carpenter there at one point, I had no choice but to go beyond what I was mm-hmm. asked to do. And it wasn't trying to please my dad or, you know, even trying to please the customer. It was just something that to keep me sane, I had to do it because we had, you know, timelines. We had a a deadline, you know, six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it was. So I would get multiple projects at one time. So if I didn't go beyond, I knew I was going to fall back on a lot of the stuff that I was doing. So I did have to go in for the weekend. I did have to stay three, four extra hours. And I did have to work multiple projects at one time. So, yes, I was going beyond what I was needed to do for that day, but it was necessary in order for me to get the job done. I think that there's a there's a very important like conclusion to that point, and it's that like I don't think leadership equals always being on when it comes to you know sacrifice and giving and giving and giving and giving. I don't think that equals leadership, you know right at all yeah. I like that's not something that I would teach my kids if I want them to be leaders. It really isn't. I think that, you know, controlled bursts <laughs> is is more of a <laughs> more of a better definition of leadership because it's more it's more aimed, it's more targeted, it's more thought through, you know, and the leader does have to have those qualities. Yeah, because I feel in some way at the end of all that you end up becoming a follower. You know, you're either working right. for a boss or you're working for a client, or you know, you end up following some type of structure that is not really yours. Agreed. Okay. So let's go to our next question. So the next one is, are you confident? So when it comes to followers, followers see the talents and accomplishments of other people as a threat. Leaders see those same talents and accomplishments as an asset. Leaders want to make things better and they'll take help anywhere they can find it. So how confident are you guys in what you guys do that if someone else is accomplishing similar tasks or similar goals, do you guys find that as a threat or do you guys see that as like, okay, they're going to be helpful at some time? I guess I would find them as helpful because, you know, the more tasks the other person can do, even if they're similar to yours, uh, the more how how would I explain the more things we can accomplish as a team because like let's say it's just one person that knows one task uh, and now there's two projects that require two people to do that task then okay well I can't do it because it's just one person right but now if there's five of us then we all five can do five tasks which lets you you know um, I forgot what that word is but pretty much it lets you like double your efforts or, or, or multiply what you can do kind of like cross training, like different, um, different people with different, uh, tasks, uh, just makes, I guess the team stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can diversify. Okay. You three, no programming. Great. You know, let's, let's teach this guy programming too, because now we have this big project in which all four of us or five of us are going to need to program this thing. But at the same time, you know, because the other person is doing the same thing you can do, then assuming that it comes to a point where 
there isn't enough work for both of you, then the winner would be the one who either is getting paid less or the one that um, has something unique. Like, uh, oh, okay, they're, they know two languages and that guy knows three. They both know everything else. So let's pick the guy with the three languages for whatever reason. You get me? Because it'll be right. an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever found myself in a situation where I find um find where I found myself like threatened by someone else's like contributions or whatever. There was this one time in, in the previous company that I worked at for, you know, like seven years that I I found myself with somebody at my same position. I was associate creative director and she was associate creative creative director and we had to like essentially fulfill the same duties over different client accounts she was a very toxic kind of individual she wasn't very good at interpersonal communication and a lot of people felt like run over by her and stuff like that uh but she was very creative you know she had very good ideas like very good creative ideas what i kind of ended up doing was kind of was move and let her operate within her own space and i found other ways to contribute and I became the default creative director who people could connect with on a, at a human level because they couldn't do that with her. So I think that there's, in most situations, if you don't get like too submerged in your own head and start taking everything personal and like a personal threat, in most situations, if you just kind of let the water settle into the space, you will find your opportunities and your ways of proving your value and your worth wherever you're at but you can't get in your own head. Like you can't let yourself start thinking in a petty way and feel threatened and feel like, Oh, this person's gunning for my job. Like, ah, oh, fuck that. You know, like go find your own. Agreed. Right. Like find your own way to shine and, and prove that you're needed because of this other thing that you bring to the table, instead of trying to like compete for scraps over here with, you know, whoever it is that stepped into the picture. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny, uh, in all the different cities that I worked in with Home Depot and all that stuff, I have run into people that are are insecure about their their abilities to do the job. And for some reason, it always tends to be the older crowd. You know, younger people come in and you figured they wouldn't have anything to worry about because it's like, okay, I've been here longer. But they would only teach you enough to kind of say, okay, I taught them. He'll get through the job, but I won't give him all my secrets because I got to keep this just in case I got to use them later. Mm -hmm. And it was more common than I thought it would be. It was kind of sad because like, you know, Louis was saying earlier, someone else's accomplishments, you know, if you're doing the same type of job, you know, it is helpful, you know, to have someone at the same level or even if they surpass you at some point, you know, to get the job done. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. You know, if you actually are working in a team. You know, if it's just you, then you have no choice, but just get the job done. So let's move on to our, our next one. And it's the question is, are you decisive? Followers often hesitate to act out of fear and that they'll do the wrong thing. Leaders aren't afraid to make a call, even when they're not sure if it's the right one. How decisive are you guys? Very. I, I, I don't hesitate. I, 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 I do that. I take the step of like informing myself on whatever decision it is that is in front of me, but I don't hesitate. I, I prefer to correct along the way than to stay paralyzed and, you know, wait and wait and wait to make decisions. That's something that I'm like very, very adamant about. Okay. Lewis. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's like, uh, like I'm, I'm the same way. It's a matter of, okay, this is the task. This is how I'm going to get it done. If there's any issues along me doing the task, then, uh, you know, I will do what I can to fix it and, you know, and then just learn it, learn from it for the next time I have to do that task type of thing or that project or, or whatever. Okay. When you guys say this, are you guys referring to just the jobs that you guys are in? Or overall life. So step away from your job right now, right? Because you guys are great at what you guys do. Let's say you're in a group environment, something that just pops up random, 
you know, it's something that you guys need to do. It's not specific for any one or which person. Do you guys feel this like secure enough in the decisions that you guys make to accomplish whatever it is that may pop up at that moment? Let's say your car breaks down, whatever, four people in the car and one of you needs to make the decision. Okay. What is it that we're going to do? Yeah. Like, uh, in my case, okay, granted, you know, the car broke down. I probably don't know how to fix it, you know? <laughs> uh, but okay. You know, it breaks down. Okay. Let's pull over to the side of the road. You know, let's maybe get a couple of Ubers and, and get out of here so we can, um, uh, just leave one person, try to fix the problem or call a tow truck or, you know, whatever, just to fix the issue. Um, especially if nobody else knows what to do or, or is panicking because, you know, they're on the highway and the car broke down. So regardless of the situation, you're, you're more than okay with taking charge regardless of, of what it may be. Yeah. As long as I want to, cause like, let's say <laughs> it's true. Cause, cause like, let's say I'm at a, I don't know, at a party. Right. And I don't know. So we got to bring, I don't know, chairs in or something. Right. I, maybe I don't want to. I'll just sit down. You get me? <laughs> Let somebody else take charge and move the chairs, for example. Okay. Yeah. For me, if, if, as long as it's something that I have direct influence in, I, 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 I really don't waste time when it comes to making decisions. And that that's played out against that's played played against me as well. I, I think that could be a double edged sword because while while I consider myself someone who's efficient and quick at you know finding solutions and I don't linger on the problem and shit, that also means that there are other people who pause and think for longer. And if they really are thinking about best solutions, then they might find a solution that overall you know might be better than mine. I think about efficiency and I think about acting and I think about getting the problem solved and not lingering, depending on the situation, my approach could be, uh, too quick, you know, and I acknowledge that, but I prefer this than the other side than the other extreme. Yeah. Like okay. not taking action and panicking over oh, yeah. the scenario. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. That, that's something that I, uh, I, I think that's something that that uh, resulted in the the end of my marriage, you know, uh, after after 10, 11 years that we were very different in that sense. You know, I, I, I didn't linger when it came to decisions, big or small. I wanted to just move forward, you know, make a plan and move forward. Um, she operated in a very different way. She needed to cycle through things over and over in her head until she felt complete and utter peace with taking the first step. And I don't falter for that. I think it's fine. Some people operate that way. I think it becomes a matter of does the situation call for one or for the other approach, but myself, yeah, I, I don't linger. I try to make decisions and move forward. Yeah, I think you're you're right on that on on it depending on the situation. You know, let's say we're all in a house and the house is on fire, you know, it it's something you can't hesitate. It's like, all right, we all need to get out, we need to, you know, go down the block, we need to see if everybody's out of there and all that stuff. Yep. And for me, I think I'm decisive enough to make the decision not to make a decision. There's like a fire in your building. <laughs> <laughs> let's say like we're we're let's say it's the the, the three of us let's say ricardo's there richard's there and everybody's there and we got to put a cart together you know going back to the carts but i'm let's say they put me as a leader i'll know when to make the decision to step back and let everybody put their input because it's something that i don't know much about you know changing the oil changing the spare tire whatever the case is i will take everybody's suggestions but I'll know when to step back and be like, you know what? The one that knows more about this will be Richard. Hey, Richard, I need you to step in and, you know, kind of lead the charge, you know? So I think even as a leader, you need to know when to make the decision to be like, you know what? I'm not going to make the decision. This person, you know, has it under control. Yeah. But by knowing the other person's strengths, I mean, that's really the only way. And a good leader would be able to, you know, to like see what everyone's good at while another leader would just assign the wrong tasks to the wrong people and just not care yeah. type of thing, or not notice he's doing something wrong. Definitely. Okay. So moving on, are you humble? 
followers are always chasing glory. Leaders are humble. They don't allow any authority they may have to make them feel that they are better than anyone else. How humble do you guys feel that you are? I'll say this. I own up to my mistakes and I, and I try to be as aware of my, of my mistakes and my faults as possible, you know, and I really don't have a problem owning up to my mistakes. Like if I, if it computes in my head, like I fucked up in this sense, I'm not going to start defending myself just to maintain an image or to, you know, what, or to like thwart consequences from coming my way for that mistake. I really do own up to my mistakes. Uh, does that qualify as being humble? I have no clue. Um, <laughs> I I think it's part. I think it, ha- it has to be part of it. You know, uh, understanding your faults, understanding where where you're not strong. I think that that plays a part in humility. I don't honestly. I to a lot of people on the outside, especially w- like in the professional world, I don't come across as humble. I I think I come across as somebody who knows what they bring to the table and who doesn't waste time on false humility or like trying to seem meek like no i i know if i know what i bring i know what i bring if i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about i'm gonna step back and let someone else you know who knows what they're doing take charge so uh i don't know man i don't know i mean i think i would put that to to you guys who are outside of my own head you know I, i don't know what what if you guys if you guys and the people around me would classify me as someone who's humble i'm not sure yeah, I mean, I've never worked with you, obviously, and what you do, but I'm sure there was time, well, pretty much all the time where you guys had to work as a team or or even you alone, they assigned you a task, but you weren't like, oh, shit, if it wouldn't have been for me, you know, we wouldn't have got this done or, you know, I, I did most of the work or, you know, you bragged about what you did. And I feel like there's a difference between bragging of the things you do and knowing what, like you said, you bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of like taking responsibility over your actions, you know what I mean? That's... That's key. A lot of people will be like, oh, you know, it's because of me or because of that. But one thing is to say, yeah, you know, I did this or I chose to do that. And and yeah, I'm going to deal with the with the pros and the cons of 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 the action. Um, Other people might just be concerned about the pros, you know, like, oh, okay, we were late. Yeah, we were late. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I passed three red lights. I don't know. So, I don't know. I guess it just depends on on the person. But you know, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I strive for when, like, when I know that I'm in a in a in a leadership role. There's something from the the Tao Te Ching, the the book of Taoism. Um, there's something in there that that really inspires me when it comes to leadership. There's these sections that because that that whole book was essentially written 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 by Lao Tzu for rulers like for rulers to know how to wisely rule their nation. And so there's a lot of kind of like leadership principles. One of the things that stands out most to me is this thing that that says that uh, the master, as in like the leader, does things in such a way that when he achieves a goal, the people look at it and say, and say, Oh, look at what we have done. Right. You know, and I tried to apply, especially in in the previous job that I had, where I had a very full team, you know, I was leading a team of like a dozen people at a time. And my goal was to always be behind them, you know, help them, equip them, teach them, coach them, mentor them and make them seem stronger and let them take the credit. Um, like thinking about that principle, you know, um, mm-hmm. I wanted so that when a, a big task was completed, I wanted for for them to say, like, we did this, the department did this, not we did this because of Diego or Diego did this. Like, I know what I was doing. You know, I know what I was bringing to the table and I knew the role that I played and my role was very key. And without me doing the stuff that I did, the team would not have achieved those things. But I'm not seeking out the credit for that. I don't really. I'm not after that. I don't really care for that. There was a time in my life when I did. I cared about the recognition and all that shit. I really don't care about it. Um, so I prefer to strive for that, you know, which is also part of why my new role in the new company and stuff is like, you know, I'm, I'm like having to adjust because I don't have that same dynamic anymore 
you know, the, the team that I lead is very small now compared to the other place. And we're all just little, you know, some cogs, little cogs inside the bigger machine. So, but yeah, that's what I can, I think, contribute to that point. Yeah, I think you, you need, you know, to be humble at some point. I think that has helped me coming back to this place because, you know, I never pictured myself coming back. And being humble this whole time is what actually allowed me to keep doors open. You know, I come back, you know, because I had to. By this place, what do you mean, Home Depot? By Home Depot, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, while I was there as, as a supervisor, you know, never once did I say, well, you know, this couldn't have been done without me. And they have this big thing. I mean, they don't do it now because of the whole COVID thing. But before, they would have, like, every three months, they would have, like, a ceremony. So the whole store would be there. Our whole team would be there. And they would give out awards, you know, to different managers or employees. Or At one point or another, I got some a couple of awards. And they were like, hey, you know, you did a great job. You know, you, you we couldn't have done it, this and that. And I would tell them, I'm like, you know, I realized my part in all this. You know, I am the supervisor. And I do keep things organized and on time and stuff. But I would appreciate it if there was like an award for the entire team because, you know, I had a team of 12 people and I'm like, without them, my job would be kind of pointless. You know, I, I definitely couldn't do it alone. And and now coming back is like, you know, I came back just thinking I was going to be there three, four months and without me even making the effort to seek, you know, supervisor position or management position, it came to me. And, you know, they came looking for me saying, hey, you know, we, we know what you did before and this and that. And I feel like the same people that you like how they say, you know, the people that you see on the way up, it may be the same people you see on the way down. For me, going back was like hitting, you know, rock bottom again because I'm starting all over again. But I had already encountered all those people on the way up. And now that I'm very now that I'm back at the bottom, I'm encountering those same people and those people are now the ones that make the decision as to who moves up and mind you those people were somewhere at the same level that i was in and now they're the ones looking for me to to you know go to the next position so i think you know that's why you never burn your bridges you know yeah i think that's a really important thing for sure you know there's a just like play devil's advocate there's something that i've that i've observed i read a lot of biographies in particular you know, biographies of dudes who were, uh, you know, very influential. So like, for example, uh, Benjamin Franklin, Steve Jobs, uh, Elon Musk, um, Jeff Bezos, and all those people have in common that they were nowhere fucking humble. Like that was not in their purview at all. They didn't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) They, they like they were so so sure of the level of their ideas and the level of their thinking that they didn't care really who thought what of them and classified them as jerks assholes you know they just they had a mission and they were going to fulfill it and that was that and i keep on like encountering that same type of personality in these stories that I read of like, you know, men and women who have been like incredibly influential and like, I've seen it already enough times that I, I question like, is it possible to in mass, you know, like make a big impact and, and, and really be humble. Ooh, big impact and be humble. Yeah. Hmm. Can you, can you, do something that changes the world or, or even just like your immediate surroundings, your community, your company, whatever, and, and truly be humble because I feel like, like the humble man is doable. You think so? I I guess I I would say it's doable. Like he's saying, but the person would have to have been humble in the first place or not have lost it. I don't know, because like, let's like, say a lottery winner type of thing. They would make an impact, and they know what it's like to be without money. So maybe they'll stay humble and not... Well, no, I, don't, I don't know. Then again, I just see people buying cars, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I feel like, you know, going back to what we were saying about being assertive and knowing what you can bring to the table, you know, if you know you can make a big impact on people, that's fine. You know, you bring it and it's more of a confidence thing. 
but when the job is done or when the impact is is there you don't brag about what you accomplish along the way because people are going to see it anyways and i think that's where the part of being humble lies like yes i made this change i know what i can do i'm bringing it in people are realizing what you can do they agree with you change happens but then you don't got to take it a step further and say well if it wouldn't have been for me this change wouldn't have happened because people already see it you don't got to make it you know put on a loudspeaker and be like oh this is what i did so i think that's where that's where the difference is you're being assertive you know what you can bring and not bragging about it is where the humility is so i think it could be done how how often could it be done compared to the ones who don't care about humility though i wonder because okay like i I, gandhi humble right you Uh gandhi you know dude impacted the world uh the dalai lama i guess i don't i haven't read up it's actually one of the people that i want to read about um but you know his he for all intents and purposes he looks like a humble man very very influential ah Mother Teresa, maybe <laughs> like people, people who like associated with, you know, in the lowest stratus of society, people who didn't care about, you know, getting dirty with the people who were dirty, sick with the people who were sick, like people who whose entire lives was just giving, giving, giving and who, you know, were not about their own glory, but still were recognized enough that they were able to like impact the whole world. I feel like they're very few and far in between when you compare them to the amount of like world changers that just don't give a shit about humility. You know, it's an interesting point, man. I, and I'm not even saying this because I'm like contemplating, you know, fuck humility. I'm going to not give a shit about <laughs> anybody anymore. That's not really like, that's not really me. I'm not, I, I, there's like Steve jobs, for example, he achieved everything he achieved, but he abandoned his daughter. None of his, relationships lasted people all around him he they created incredible things thanks to his leadership but they were like emotionally battered psychologically scarred you know and that's like the common denominator you know for a lot of these brilliant individuals so i don't want to be like that i don't think that's a price worth paying for the you know impacting the world i don't know it's a tricky oh, thing, humility. It's a tricky thing, yeah. I mean, one thing you'll be remembered in history books, and the other one you won't be. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if if something ha- like something great happens, like I feel like people are gonna brag for you, or they're gonna talk about you even after you're gone, unless you're making a grand change and you're not even aware of it. You know, going to to Black History Month, how many people made a change and they weren't even conscious that they were making a change. Mm. And they're still being spoken to today. True. At the same time, like nowadays, bro, like you see how many dumbasses have the spotlight in the eyes of the entire world on them who don't contribute shit to anything. Like this, the Thank whole you. influencer thing on social media. How many yeah, yeah. how many of those people are doing anything worthwhile with the millions of eyes that they have on them? That is like, that's fucking sad. And then there's people who are actually doing really good shit and they're trying to get attention through social media and they can't because the other, you know, dumbasses are like hogging up all the attention, you know, of, of, of the world. I don't know, man. It's really weird. The whole thing of trying to make a mass impact nowadays. It's <laughs> yeah, well, it really yeah. depends on, on what other people value. You know, most influencers are like attractive or have, you know, specific, um, like, I don't know, per- personas, while, you know, the scientist nerdy guy, you know, that's solving problems, he's just not getting the attention, because, ah, forget that guy, let's, let's listen to them, and, oh, they just went to a trip, let's, let's hear all about that, in reality, entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> And the mindsets now are very different. I mean, going back to our first episode, you know, being gullible, we're dealing with a whole different way of thinking nowadays, especially the kids coming into being teenagers and adulthood is like, they fall for anything. I mean, they freaking see one girl shaking her ass and everybody wants to imitate her and, and they're self-proclaimed influencers. And I don't know what makes them influencers, but 
they think this kid just have a following. That's it. I'm influencing. No, you're just dealing with gullible people. I wonder if that's going to reach a peak and then start going in decline. Though the entire the whole phenomenon of influencers, mm. I don't I don't think I don't think that can last for the long term. I think something something will change, and I'm not saying that whatever takes its place is going to be like a you know much better or whatever. But it seems to me like that that that's a cycle in the same way that so many other aspects of society that were impacted by technology were cycles and they had their peak and then they just fucking fall. I think it'll change. I really do. And I, I really hope so. There's a lot of fucking people who are making a living way too easily while the rest of us bust our asses, and, <laughs> you know, fucking struggle. All right. So let's go to our, our final question. Are you focused on people? Followers focus on what they can achieve individually Leaders are team players because they know that greatness is a collective feat. So how do you guys feel about that one? Yeah, I think it's very, it's very difficult for me to, to, to not think about people around me. Like in a general sense, it's very difficult, difficult for me to not think of how what I am doing is impacting the well-being of people around me. And especially if I'm in some sort of leadership role and I know that I have, you know, any sort of influence or impact on other people and their jobs and how they perform their tasks, like that is, that's really important to me. And so I like, I, I like taking care of people, you know, I like it. I like strengthening them. I like if I have the opportunity to, help them in some way. I help them. If I have the opportunity to teach them so that they become better at whatever they do, I'd like to take that opportunity. And I, I really enjoy that part. I like that one-on-one -on -one impact, like being able for a person to be like, oh shit, I learned something new. Thanks to this person. You know, I like that kind of thing. Right. Hmm. Like, yeah, I would see like if somebody asks for help, like, okay, let me help you. Especially if you're the new guy then, okay, yeah, you know, I'll give you more attention and, and you know, answer the questions because you'll have a whole bunch. And, you know, I'll answer genuinely and give you the best advice I possibly can. Um, maybe, why, why would I, I? I guess just because, like, like I said earlier, like their success would be more people could do the same task at once, which speeds up, um, like, growing. Uh, like a company that's growing, but let's see. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't think of a scenario in which I wouldn't want to help the person, even if they're annoying because they're asking 50 <laughs> questions or something. You know, it's just, that's just part of what it is. You know, they would see me as, as a senior because I've been there longer, you know, and just like I would bug people above me on questions I have. Yeah, it's it's a very... For me, it's been a very tough position of knowing when to ask for help. I'm not very good at asking for help, but it's frustrating at the same time. It's like a whole mix of things. So there's going to be several times when I run into something that I'm like, you know what? I'll take care of this. I don't need any help. I'm used to doing things on my own. But what I've learned along the way is there's only so much you can do by yourself. So going back to when I was working with my dad, it was like the people that work with me only know so much. So it got to a point where it was like, okay, I would assign a task. They couldn't do it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll take care of this one. Can you do this? No, I can't do this. So I will take that task too. So it got to the point where I'm like, you know, what the fuck? Why am I having all these people working here where I'm going to be doing shit on my own anyways? So I would get frustrated. I'll get pissed off and be like, you know what? I got it. I'm going to do this on my own. But then it goes back to... The first question I asked, where is like, or the second one, where is like, how confident are you in your job? And it was like what Louis was saying. So you don't have to do things on your own if those people are somewhere at the same level. You're not threatened by what they know. And when I went back to Home Depot and new people started coming in, I was able to train five out of the new people. I figured I'm going to need them at some point. They need to know what this job includes. And I told them, look, you only get two weeks of training, but in reality, I'm going to be teaching you stuff a year from now because you're going to run into all kinds of things that we may not be aware of at this moment. So I feel like you do have to 
help people achieve what it is that you're doing, it's it's impossible to really do anything on your own. You'll waste yourself away from doing that. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I suck at asking for help. I really do. Yeah, up to now, I'm still learning to try to ask for help. I don't know if it's more of like a... I know it's not a pride thing because I've let a lot of my pride go. I think it was just more of like, I don't want to bother anybody because it's like, if it's something that I got involved in, like I should be able to take care mm-hmm. of it on my own. Right, right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a matter of pride for me either, man. It's more like, uh, I think that I've just grown used to it. I think it has, it's started all the way back in my childhood when I was, you know, spent so much time by myself, you know, mom working all day. I made my own food, cleaned my own shit, my own room, washed my own clothes, like, like a self-sufficiency formed in me from a very young age that just got me to the point that as an adult, I don't, it doesn't occur to me to ask for help. That yeah. makes sense. And, and like, actually my, my current relationship with Gwen has been incredible in that sense because she's somebody who's, you know, incredibly nurturing and loving and giving and like without being asked for it. So I found myself in some situations where she's like giving me and having my back giving to me and having my back and, you know, surprising me with either serving me or giving me things that I never could have, you know, even uh, thought of to ask. And it's been like, at times it's been like, wait, no, why are you doing that? You know, like, stop doing that. Uh, well, <laughs> I didn't ask for this, you know, are you, are you sure you want to give this or whatever? Um, and don't get, don't go to a dirty place with this, Edgar. I know where you're going, bro. It's not, it's not, it's not damn it. Dr. Edgar. I was going to say something, but then you cut me off. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, then you got her back while giving it to her. But then, like... <laughs> I mean, yes, but. Uh, but no, really, man, it it really is like, uh, that in itself has been a very, uh, like a very educational, I guess, for lack of a better word, part of this relationship. I I've, she's teaching me how to be helped. She's teaching me how to accept help. And, uh, and that's a big, big change for me, man. Cause like you, I just, uh, not used to that at all. So, yeah, guys, so those are the five questions that I had for this specific topic. There were several more, but, you know, we can go on for another two, three hours. So a good topic. How do you guys want to conclude this? That was a that was a good uh, a good choice for a topic because that's uh, there is a lot to say about about leadership. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's broad. There's lots of topics, ways to approach them. Good job. I think yeah, it, now when I go to work, I actually think about these things as I'm doing them. I'm like, am I actually focusing on people? Can I be better to my team? You know, can I teach them something that they may not know? Yeah. I don't know. Would you guys consider me to be a leader? I mean, stepping out of the whole work scenario just as a person. Yeah. You, you always, bro, you just finished planning your own birthday party. Like you're in the middle of planning your own birthday party that you, when you want something to happen, you kind of just make it happen. <laughs> But you were you were always you were always the de facto leader in 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 our group of friends when we same were, when I was there yeah yeah you were you were always like the nexus between all of us you were always the one making the plans you know happen you were always uh, naturally a leader so I definitely consider you a leader I I always have follow the leader I would follow you nice. appreciate that <laughs> yeah hell yeah yeah today um. Just to get like a little extra stuff, I actually interviewed my coworkers on, on this topic and I asked them, you know, do you see him as a follower, as a leader? And I told him, please be honest, because you know, it doesn't really matter which one. I think both are two good things. And yeah, I did like little side interviews, which was during work hours, but it was great, man. I got a lot of positive feedback. So I wanted to take the chance now to step in and allow you guys to listen to some of the recordings that my coworkers did. So here's a few examples of whether they thought I was a follower or a leader. Say your name. Vanessa Brown. I am a co-worker of Edgar here at 6306 Home Depot. So today's topic is the question, am I a leader or am I a follower? What do you consider me and why? 
Yes, I do consider him to be a leader because when I happened to meet him about three years ago, he was in a supervisor capacity, and I really admired him, being that I have a background in management myself. He left and returned, and his skills has even enhanced even more, so I'm glad that we have him amongst us. Thank you. <laughs> I am here with another friend and co-worker. Your name is? Mark Lem. Sosa. <laughs> what up? So the same question applies to you. Do you consider me to be a follower or a leader, and why? Man, you already know, Edgar. <laughs> you already know what I think, bro. Oh, shit. Ever since I met you, the first man I came up to, it was you, bro. Looking for answers. <laughs> Looking for, <laughs> for advice. And not, not even joking. You know it's true. So, to me, you are a leader, bro. You a ninja turtle. <laughs> So I'm here with another fellow co-worker of mine. His name is? Robert. So Robert, the question of the day is, am I a follower or a leader? And why? Leader. Believe you have what it takes to be a leader, the way you communicate with people. That's number one thing, to be a leader. And you have that. You have it in you. You show it. You know how to lead people. You know how to make people follow you. So if you know how to make people follow you, you're the leader. Copy. And out. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm over here with a fellow friend and co-worker. Your name is? You already know, man. It's your boy, Sean, man. You know, with your boy, Edgar, and the... Oh, my bad. Don't ignore that. That was my, you know, Red Bull. All right. So the question of the day is, do you consider me a leader or a follower? And why? Come on, man. You already know what it is, Edgar, dog, man. You, you, you a leader, dog. Come on, dog. Every time, you know, we all working together, man, in lunchtime, you feel me? I'll be like, oh, shit, man. I'm going to be late to go clock back into work. But then I see my dog get up. And time to clock back in, and he be rescuing me because you know, and he, he he's the leader of the pack of the of the four wolf pack that we is. You feel me? So I get up. I know it's time to go to work because my dog be be leading the way, and you know, and 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 stuff like that, man. And then when 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 you know when I'm confused about certain things and and stuff like that, like I can I know who to go to, man, to you, man. And it's not just. It's not just work ethics either. Also in the personal life uh, level, you know, there's been a couple times, you know, where, you know, I've uh, felt a certain way about things in life or my personal things. And you would always give me advice that only a leader can give because people that are followers, Edgar, man, they can't give the type of advice that you be giving, man. You know, so if you were to ask me, I'd say you a leader, bro. That's what it is. That's cool. Yeah, I think that uh, I think that we we mentioned at the beginning of the episode something that is a pretty healthy conclusion to the to this topic. I think it's the the whole uh -huh. point that there's there truly is a benefit to both things, and I think that you should like seek out both things. You should seek out on strengthening yourself as a leader in whatever aspects you can you can lead in your life, and also. Don't forget about following for the purpose of learning and becoming better, you know, following an example, that sort of thing. I think that's very, that balance is very important. Yeah, that definitely is. Because there's a lot of people that are not able to do either. You know, they don't like to follow because mm -hmm. the whole pride or nobody's going to tell me what to do. For sure. But then they won't take the leadership role. You know, they, they can't manage. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this topic. You know, just remember leadership and followership are mindsets. There are completely different ways of looking at the world, I guess. You know, so go on and think about which one are you. And if you want to become a leader, then take the steps to do so. And mainly when it sums up to it, it's just taking care of your people. That's really all it is. Be an example. And in the words of uh, 
Kendrick Lamar. Bitch, be humble. (laughs) (laughs) Drop that mic. So, guys, we appreciate you tuning in and stick around for our episode number three, technically number two. And Diego is going to be bringing in our mystery topic. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of sex. All right. I definitely know about this. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's not going to be. Well, I don't know. There might be sex. I, don't know. I would come <laughs> up with it. It's going to be brilliant. You'll see. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you tuning in. Please write to us if you guys want to include your own question. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Later. Later. Remember to hit subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app. You can get in touch with the guys at brosofbanter at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Imagine noise.